Thank you. It's an honor to be with you guys today. Like Tori said, there's a team in Turkey, and that includes Pastor Cameron. So while he is way away, I'm going to hold down the clicker best I can. Um, I told first service too. It, it works better if you turn it on. I found out. <laughs> Had a little technical difficulty this morning. Hopefully, we won't have any today. But it's good to be with you guys. Um, as you see above me, that we're going to be talking about being trained by the Father. Um, I'm excited about the topic. Hopefully you are too, and if not, maybe by the end you will be. (laughs) Just kidding. So it's really cool. The worship team put together this set, and a lot of the lyrics that we sang this morning really tie in with what I wanted to talk about today. Um, And i got to remember the one. Help me out here. The one that says, I lean not on your own understanding, but the next verse, I give it all to you, God, trusting that you'll make something beautiful out of me. I just think that's great because... um, Trust is what Marilee talked about last week and I think it's the foundation for what we're talking about this week. And making something beautiful out of us, I think, is this process of being trained by the Father. It's how God does make something beautiful in us. And um, so that's great. I love the tie-in. God planned it, not us. All right, so this morning I wanted to compare our spiritual progression as Christians and our relationship with the Lord to uh, natural development. So here are kind of some steps that you see in any child's life, starting with conception and going to maturity. Let's look at each one a little bit just to give context to the topic of being trained by God. Uh, Conception in the spiritual level, I, I would say it's like when you get curious about God. It's when you're like, hey, maybe this following Jesus thing is something I want to consider. Um, something's conceived at that point. Some people prevent that like birth control. (laughs) They just don't want to hear about God at this point in their life. Other people, you know, uh, accept the notion at first and then for a variety of reasons abort it, you know, and don't carry it all the way to birth. Um, But you and I, I think, and hopefully if you haven't, you will, carry what is conceived when you're curious about the Lord until it's conceived and gives birth to a new creation. The Bible says that anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And that's what we're talking about. Birth into a new creation. This is your moment of decision to follow Jesus, to be a son or daughter of God. It's an awesome moment. It's when the new life begins. And the cool thing is that it doesn't end here for us. It's the beginning of a whole new life, and there's more beyond that moment for every believer. And what we're going to talk about today is part of that. But first, um, after you're born, what happens? You get nurtured by your mom. You know, she holds you in her arms. You're fed in that place of love and intimacy by your mom. And God does the same thing with us spiritually. You know, when you're saved, there's this time, and there's always this time available where you can climb into the arms of your father, and he just loves you. It's where you build trust with your dad. You know, it's where you get to know him on a deep, intimate level and build a foundation of relationship and trust that other things can be built on. It's not that you move beyond this and it's gone forever, this stage. You can always go back to it when you need it. You know, the Lord sent us the Holy Spirit and called him the Comforter. Right? So there's always comfort available. But this is the foundation for what we're going to talk about, which is in addition but not separate from this. So if you 
want to get more on trust, learn more on trust, check out last week's message by my wife, Marilee. She did a really good job delving into that a little more deeply than we have time for today. Um, It's available on the website, I believe, if you weren't here. So after you've been nurtured and cared for in your mom's arms, you wean, right? This is a transitional time. You, you know transition to something new a whole another realm of life is opened up to you and like i said the arms of our father are still there to run back to for comfort but there's a whole new level of relationship opened up to us and that's the training (laughs) there we go we've set some context so this is what we're going to talk about today is the training part and just like with the child and its parent our father trains us to do what he does He trains us to carry his character and the qualities and traits that are in his character. And if we submit ourselves to this process, and if we're teachable, it leads to maturity. And what is maturity in Christianity? Well, here are some of the things. You know, when my kids start to get older, they get more and more authority, decision-making power and responsibility in the house. You know, the example I used in first service this morning, Micah spilled fruity pebbles all over the floor. And I'm proud of his choice of cereals because I work for the company that makes Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> but also, <laughs> also when they spilled, you know, I didn't just clean them up this time. In the past, I would have. You know, I engaged him in the process of working with me to clean it up. I held the dustpan, he swept, you know, and he's taking on more responsibility. But also, maybe a better, even better example is if you think of a family business, a lot of proud dads are out there who started a family business and eventually it becomes, you know, like Menser and Sons Plumbing or, you know, Menser and Menser Attorneys at Law or something like that, right? And it's, it's a cool thing. And God wants to do that with us. He wants to partner with us in his family business. You know, at that point, the son is matured enough to be a partner in the business. His training is not totally done. There's still times of teaching, you know, times when he makes mistakes. I still make mistakes and the father takes me back to training and that's fine. Sometimes I get really upset and he takes me all the way back to nurture and that's fine and that's great, you know, but I've developed enough maturity to work with him at what he's doing, to be like him, you know. And how proud is a dad to see his son doing stuff in the business and eventually taking over and carrying on that mantle from his father. I was talking with a father just yesterday whose son is, you know, 26 years old and joining his business and developing these products and bringing them to market and just doing really well. And the dad was just so proud. You could hear it in his voice. You know, and that's what our father is is leading us to, being proud of us working with him at what he's doing. And that is really cool. It's really cool to have that opportunity to work with our God and to be like him. You know, it's always been his plan to partner in his family business with his people. You can see it all through the scriptures. From, from the beginning with Adam, you know, you name these animals, rule over them and have dominion, all the way through the nation of Israel and, and so many other examples that I didn't have time to add to the notes. That'll be your homework. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. So this is the verse I wanted to look at today when we're talking about training. We'll get into all the little parts of it, but I just wanted to read it up front and share with you kind of piece by piece after that um, elements of being trained by the Father. It's in Hebrews 12, and it says, Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? 
And then he quotes Proverbs and says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, and the first thing I just want to highlight is what's bold up there in the slide. You know, God is doing this process of training us for our good. He loves you, right? Remember the nurture part? <laughs> he loves you. And he wants to train you for your good, to make you like him. It's going to make our lives better, you know? It's going to make my life better if I'm more like God, you know? And whatever it takes to get there is for my good. He wants to share his holiness, it says in the verse. And, and training and discipline yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. These are elements of the character of God. You know, he's building into me and to you the elements of his character. We're created in his image, and then he's training us to be like him too. It's really cool. It's an exciting process. So this is maybe to give you a little perspective on character and being built into the character of God. This is one of my favorite quotes from Mere Christianity, which is by C.S. Lewis. Um, And he's talking about uh, virtues like being just and temperate. Um, And he says, there's a difference between doing some particular just or temperate action and being a just or temperate man. Someone who is not a good tennis player may now and then make a good shot. What you mean by a good player is a man whose eye and muscles and nerves have been so trained by making innumerable good shots that they can now be relied on. In the same way, a man who perseveres in doing just actions gets, in the end, a certain quality of character. And that's what God is doing with us. He's making us into a, a person with a certain quality of character built into us by the training that happens over time. Um, <clears throat> It makes us at our core a certain kind of person, the kind of people who are in the kingdom of God, the kind of people who live forever with Him in heaven. They all look like this. We all are are beginning more and more to look like this. And what is this? It's Him. It's His character. What's He's like? So in the verse in Hebrews, um, there were lots of disciplines and chastise and, and words like that. And if you look it up in Strong's Discipline in the NIV, really translates to to train up a child, to educate, discipline, chasten, instruct, learn, and teach. So there's a lot of elements going on there in that verse. You know, if you look at it and look at it from the different angles of that word and what it means, you know, our Father educates us. And I found that historically in my Christian life easy to accept. I'm pretty willing and it's pretty easy to learn more about God for me. You know, our Father also instructs, and I found that not too, not too difficult to accept either. You know, when He says, hey, you can do things this way, that's pretty easy to accept. You know, He also trains. That's what we're talking about today. Um, and in the past, I found that harder 
you know, to accept when I just think about training. You know, training is uh, sometimes difficult. <laughs> and I've sometimes viewed it in the wrong way. You know, I've categorized God as maybe distant or harsh or, you know, hey, you do this sort of thing with a pointed finger. And that's not how it works. Remember, it's for our good. It's built on trust. And if there's not that foundation of trust, you know, he starts there and then builds to this. So if you feel like you don't have experiences that have built up your trust, just stay there, work on that, you know, and come to this later. Um, Our Father also chastens. I'm going to use the word correction a lot today, interchangeably, I guess, with that one. You know, this is, we'll talk more about what it is exactly, but when I've seen that word in the past, I thought the same thing. You know, <laughs> I thought punishment and other things. And, and hopefully today we can help correct, correct that perspective if that's what you have too. Again, it's built on love. It's for our good. And it is good. And in the end, we want it. We just don't realize it sometimes. <clears throat> so let's talk training. Let's talk marathon training because I'm a runner. I've run a couple of marathons and this is my thing, I guess you could say. Um, what happens if I show up at the starting line of a marathon and I have refused to train beforehand? Pain and suffering ensue. In my case, it's about four hours. For some, it's shorter because they're faster. <laughs> For others, it's longer because they're slower. At any rate, if I don't train... I'm in for it, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's why you train, to be prepared to have, you know, in the case of a f- running a physical marathon, it's to turn this body into one that has the stuff in it to endure the race, you know what I mean? To complete it, complete it well. Training days, you know, let's view God maybe as the, the marathon training coach in this little analogy. You know, our training days with God without pain or struggle, there are some days when you train and it's meant to be easy to let your body recover and, and take, take time for that. There are other days where you have to be pushed beyond your limit, outside your comfort zone, to expand what you're able to do as a runner. And it's the same in our spiritual life in Christianity. Our relationship has to get stretched beyond where it's at now to grow. You know, If we keep doing what we've always done and never get stretched beyond that comfort zone, how, how can we ever grow? We're going to keep getting what we got by doing the same thing. So why would God do this? Is it to see us suffer? No. <laughs> He's not like that. He's out for our good. He loves us, remember. It's to make us ready. It's to expand us. It's to gain the qualities of character that are gained by doing it, by going beyond what's comfortable. Remember, he's making us into a certain kind of people. You know, it's more like marathon training, I think, than 5K training. 5K is about a little over three miles. A marathon is over 26. And to train for a 5K, you spend time and effort to train, and especially if you're trying to go fast. To train for a marathon just takes longer. (laughs) You've got to go far, which means you've got to slowly build up to that. You know, and I think our Christian life is like that. There is a slow build up over our whole relationship with the Lord. And it's great, you know, you build slowly, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept, you know, just every day you're making progress. You know, God is a perfect coach and He's a patient coach. He might stretch us, but He doesn't keep us in that place of beyond what we can bear. He's not going to push you till you break. 
but He is going to stretch it, you know. He'll stop at nothing to see us live a life of freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness for our good. And that's the goal, you know. His motivations are good. So what happens if we refuse to be trained by God? What happens if I refuse to train for that marathon? I might finish the race. I finished a few like this where I suffered. <laughs> I've not finished one where I suffered. You know, but it was in some cases if it's because we didn't train, it's because we weren't conditioned to endure. We didn't put in what it took. You know, I certainly don't enjoy the scenery very much when I'm suffering through the last few miles of a marathon and thinking, when is this over? How many miles do you go? Oh my goodness, how many minutes is it going to take to get there? And oh, this hurts, oh, this hurts. You know, and also if, you know, picture instead of me, let's picture like an Olympic athlete who's been coached by a guy or a girl with an awesome reputation. Somebody who's been doing this and coaching Olympic marathoners for a long time. The one that they're training represents their way of doing it and represents them and their methods. You know, so if you don't submit to the training, you don't represent the coach or do it their way. You do it your own way. But what happens if we do train? Let's compare it against what we just said. You can endure because you're, you're built up and ready for it. You can actually enjoy the journey. It is possible to enjoy a very long run. I know that's hard to believe. Maybe if you're a runner, you believe me. If not, just take my word for it. Right? And we can honor God with our performance. If he's trained us, he's the Olympic coach, and we've done it his way, we can honor him with our performance, which is a great opportunity. You know, He'll love you no matter how you finish. If it all, you know, in, in your Christian life, if it all blows up and it all goes wrong, that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? God will still love you no matter what. You know, if he's got to carry you across the finish line, that's okay. But you have an opportunity before you to finish well and bring him honor best you can. Do the best you can with what you got. Not every runner's built the same. I'm not going to run a two-hour and 20-minute marathon and go to Olympic trials, but I'm going to do the best I can with what I got. And it's the same in this Christian life. You know, we can represent his way to the fullest and bring honor to our coach that way. It's exciting stuff. So, okay, maybe training is not so bad now that we shift perspective a bit and look at it that way and recognize he's for our good. What about this whole correction and chastening thing? You know, is that a scary word for you still? Like it used to be for me. Let's try to get a new way to think about this based on our trust. Remember, God is good. God is good. His love endures forever. And in the verse we read, He disciplines us for our good. That's the whole point. (laughs) That is the whole point. If you don't get that point, then you can't understand the training. We've got to get that squared away. Remember, He wants to share with us the elements of His character, His holiness. He wants to share with us His way and His methods. You know, and if we've been nurtured by Him and had experiences, we can build up a trust that will let us accept correction and chastening, which is the way, that's the ticket. All right. Do I really want a God who won't correct or chasten me? You know, sometimes I'm kind of like, chastening, I don't want to do that. You know? But do I really want Him to not? What would you guys, I have two kids, six and four years old. Mike is the oldest and Aliyah is the youngest. What would you think of me as a father if I never corrected them? You know, if I just let them do it their own way for 18 years and then send them out the door to college (laughs) or out to work for you (laughs) at your job 
Would you think well of me and respect me as a father if I did that? I don't think so. You know, and would they benefit from that? They might not feel, you know, the difficult or painful moments of correction, but they're going to feel a whole lot later in life. You know, their boss is not going to just let them do whatever they want. So I wouldn't really love them if I let them stray without correction. We need a Father God who will offer us correction. I am prone to stray, you guys. (laughs) I need to be shaken out of my way because it's what I default to sometimes. And I need a wake-up call to turn back to God's way. Um, And I wouldn't want to go without that. So in Proverbs 19.18 it says, Discipline your son while there's still hope. Do not be the one responsible for his death. You know what? God will not be responsible for our death or decay um, because of sin or missed opportunity for good. He loves us too much to just let us go. Not only does He not want bad for you, not only does He not want sin to corrupt your life and spoil it, He doesn't want you to miss out on the good that can be available to you, the full life that is available to you if you're trained by Him. Isn't He good? It's a different way to look at it. Okay, raise your hand for me. A little crowd interaction. Thank you, Colin. No, raise your hand for me if you've ever seen The Dog Whisperer on TV. Anybody know who I'm talking about? All right. Cesar Milan. He's got like 40-some dogs at his place in Los Angeles or somewhere. Craziness, I know. But I listened to an audio book by this guy while I was doing some training running. And uh, he talks about how to train your dog to walk better on the leash. I have a coon hound at home. His name is Moo Moo. He's prone to wander. He's led by his nose. Sometimes he does not submit to my pack leadership when he's on the leash. He just starts sniffing and he wants to go to the hydrant, to that dog, to this thing. Okay, I'm going to pee over here. And uh, so what does the dog whisperer say when your dog is not submitting to your pack leadership? He says to offer a correction. That sounds familiar. We were just talking about that. And what is correction for your dog on a leash? It's like this swift, firm tug. It's not to hurt him. It's not to control him and force him back to the way, but it's a wake-up call. Hey, dog. (laughs) Remember me, pack leader right here, the human? Come back and follow my lead. That's how we're doing this thing. you know. And the dog whisperer, you know, if you watch his show or read a book, he's always talking about calm, assertive leadership. That's his big thing. right? And so you're not angry at the dog. Get back over here, you. I sometimes do that. But it's not the right way. And it's not God's way. <clears throat> but you're calm and assertive. Hey, you know, hey, wake up call. Remember me? I'm right here. You know, it's not our dog whisperer teaching us does not want these thoughts running through my mind. Oh, no, Mumu, you're just going to sniff everything on the way until I can let you off the leash in the woods and this is going to be horrible. And Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? It's never going to get better. I'm so sick of this. I'm so tired of this. I can't deal with it. How long is this going to go on? All right? (laughs) My calm, assertive leadership is just, hey, and confident, moving forward, positive, showing the way. Here we go. And then... Mumu's going to fall in line behind me and follow me, and it's going to be great. So let's compare that to God. What is our Father God like as a pack leader? He's not angry. He's not controlling. And He's not ill-willed toward you. Right? He does offer swift, firm corrections to our spirit. 
You know, but it comes from that place of calm, assertive leadership. He's positive. He's not all worked up and concerned about if we make a mistake or go sniff a hydrant or if I pee on this tree over here. Right? God is not worked up when I sin. He's paid the price for that. He's made a way for that. And no matter what happens, even if I sin in the very last moment of my life, God has the final say. He created all, you know? (laughs) He has the final say. So he's not worried. He's not worried. You know, he is positive. He's leading the way. He's showing you the way. And when you stray, hey, Bill, (laughs) pack leadership. Fall in behind me and do it. It's for my good. He's leading me to a good place. He's training me to be a good man, to have the things in me that I need, to have a full life. It's an offer and an opportunity to return to submission to God, to follow Him in His way, and it's for my good. It's not punishment to make penance for sin. You know, when God corrects, it is not punishment to make penance for your sin. He's already paid the price for our sin. Jesus took that so you don't have to, so I don't have to. Thank goodness. No, thank God (laughs) that He's already made penance for all my sins. That is incredible. So I can receive correction a whole lot better if I don't think of it as a punishment for sin because it's not. It's an opportunity. So also, not every circumstance is training in correction. And so I want to talk a little bit about that so we can recognize what is and what isn't and where is stuff in my life coming from, right? You know, we live in a fallen world and bad stuff happens, even to good people, even to Christians. Sometimes you can pin it on the sin of another person, right? The Holocaust is easy to pin on a guy leading a nation in a bad direction. And that was a big example. You know, when someone gets mad at you and hurts you, (laughs) it's easy to pin that on, on a sin. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's just the nature of being in a fallen world. You know, this world is corrupted by sin in general. And bad stuff happens and you can't quite put your finger on why sometimes. We don't understand everything. God does it. Maybe someday He'll reveal it to us. Maybe He won't. But this bad stuff that's happening, whether it's by the sin of someone else or just something bad that happens, is not from God. He could work good from bad and He does all the time. But that does not make him the author of the bad thing. It doesn't originate with him. You know, he can turn a bad circumstance into a teaching moment. That doesn't mean that the bad circumstance came from God. You know, I think that helps my perspective a lot. You know, not to go, oh, this bad stuff is happening. Why are you doing this to me, God? But go to God for comfort first. You know, God, this stinks. (laughs) I don't like what's happening to me. Will you comfort me? The answer is yes. He's put his comforter inside you. you know. And, and maybe that's as far as it goes in that circumstance. You just need comfort and encouragement to endure bad stuff that's going on. Maybe he'll turn it into a teaching moment also, but it didn't author, he didn't author it. So how do we tell correction, training, and bad stuff apart? I'm proposing that we ask ourselves the question, what do I hear God speaking to me? You know, what is He saying to you in your quiet times, in your Bible reading, and when you meditate on what's going on in your life and submit it to Him? Does He offer a change of course? That's a clue at correction, and we'll give an example in a minute. Does He offer instruction and encouragement to endure? Those are clues that it might be a training time, a training season, or a training circumstance. 
We'll talk about an example of that. Or does he offer comfort? If he just offers comfort, you know, it is not training or correction. <laughs> it's just bad stuff. That's okay. He's with us. So example number one. Let's say I sit down to watch a movie with my wife and her sister and my brother-in-law. The four of us sit down, we start watching a movie, and then a scene comes on, and I just start to feel uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, I just shouldn't watch that. You know, I feel kind of convicted to change my course and turn the thing off. That is a good example of correction. You know what I mean? I'm not whacked on the head by God, but he's saying, hey, Bill, this isn't good for you. You know, and I have the opportunity to respond to that well and get a good outcome by resubmitting myself to the leadership of God. Example number two. Say I find it very difficult to organize and get off the ground a ministry I'm working on at church. You know, and I just keep plugging away and it's not getting better. I'm still just struggling to get this stuff working or whatever it is, you know. <clears throat> And then I find in my quiet time, God keeps telling me stuff about patience and persistence. These are clues. You know, I sense moments of comfort. He doesn't leave me alone. Hey, go figure this out. But I also sense a lot of times where he's teaching me and instructing me. Hey, you know, try this. Hey, look at it like this. These are clues that this might be a training opportunity. God is using this to build into my character maybe patience, maybe persistence, maybe organization skills, maybe... You know, mercy for others. Uh, maybe he's teaching me to be encouraging to others. Whatever it is. Example number three. Say I get sick with a lingering illness and I'm just worn out. And it goes on and on and on. You know, I think I, think I had something like mono for six weeks a few years ago. And it's just kind of drug on. You know? Well, is that training or correction from God? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, and clues are God is comforting me. He's sending others to encourage me and love me and He's loving on me. You know, that, those are clues. This is not a training or correction thing. I'm living in a corruptible body and it's sick. <laughs> you know, and I shouldn't confuse that with training or correction because it might skew my view of my Father God and I would hate for that to happen. You know, you're more likely to sense God's comfort than a conviction or a direction when it's something like this that's just plain bad. But it's great. He's there for us, right? Even when bad stuff happens, He's here for us, and that's awesome. So I want to close up in a few minutes, but I have a couple of examples to share with you of being a dad to my children. The first example, let's use my daughter in this case, Aaliyah Joy. She's four years old. She's enthusiastic and passionate and excited. And she'll run up to you and say, Oh, Daddy, I love you so much. And then the next minute she'll have a full-on crazy tantrum. <laughs> She's a girl of swings. And it's awesome. I love her. So what happens when Aaliyah Joy is in the front yard with me in the ice cream truck? comes through the neighborhood. Boom! She's gone, right? <laughs> and what happens if she runs to cross the road as I'm out there and I see her go to chase the ice cream truck? I'm going to ask you if this is an example of training or correction. Be re prepared for the quiz. I yell, Aaliyah, stop! Is that training moment or correction moment? Correction. Yeah, correction. Hey, Mumu, stop pulling on the leash. Hey, Bill, stop watching that movie. Hey, Aaliyah, don't run out into the road. This is for your good. 
Now, of course, right after the fact, I'm going to transition back to training. I'm going to say an instruction. Hey, Aaliyah, here's why you don't want to run out into the road. It's dangerous. You've got to look for cars. They might not be looking for you. Yada, yada, yada. You guys know that, I assume. If not, look both ways before you cross the road, everybody. <laughs> Even if it's the ice cream truck and they have Ninja Turtle thing with gumball eyes, okay? Even then, look both ways before you cross the street. That was one of my favorites as a kid. The Ninja Turtle one. Where's the strawberry shortcake one on a stick? They're all on sticks. What's up with that? I digress. Okay. So, God does that with us too. He'll shift from one thing to another. He might correct you in one moment, train you in the next. You know, He might need to nurture you in the next. It's fluid, you know, and it's good for us to kind of get these things in our mind, recognize what he's doing so we can respond to it in the right way and get the full benefit of how God's training us in in each circumstance. So here's one more example. We really like Cold Stone. I sound like an ice cream addict talking about ice cream truck and now Cold Stone. I may be, because we like to go to Cold Stone. We like to ride our bikes there sometimes. And sometimes we tell the kids, particularly on Sunday evenings, it's Cold Stone dinner, everybody. We're not eating dinner. We're going to Cold Stone, baby. (laughs) And so one of these times, we're trying to decide whether Micah should hop on the attachment to my bike where he can pedal or not and kind of ride along. I don't know what they're called, but we have one. Or he could hop on his bike and try to ride all the way to Cold Stone. It's a pretty good distance. He ha- I don't think he's gone that far. He certainly hasn't gone there through dealing with traffic and crossing streets and following mom and dad and all this stuff in the hills. Um, and so he's left it up to me. Hey, Dad, what, what do you think I should do? And I said, I think you should try riding your bike. It'll be a good challenge for you. What does this sound like? Training, yes. So we go, and in the beginning it's easy. He, he's having a good time, and then it starts to get hilly. There's traffic to deal with. Me and Mom are kind of, you know, because of the noise of traffic, having to kind of bark out orders. Hey, stay to the edge. Just get right behind Dad. You know, here comes a car. And before you know it, it kind of works him up, and he just, ah, and, you know, can't handle it anymore. You know, and has a bit of a meltdown. And so... All of a sudden, my training moment shifted right back immediately to nurture. You know, I just hop off the bike, pull him off to the edge, park the bikes and give him a big hug and just wait it out, just comfort until he's ready, you know. And God does that with us, and it's awesome that, that he will. You know, he may have a plan or an agenda for your life, but he can adjust it according to our needs. You know, I had a plan to train Micah to endure and ride the bike, but... The plan is out the window as soon as he needed me. So hop off the bike and give him a big hug. I know, I'm going to tear up. (laughs) Merrily is in the second row. It's making it harder on me. (laughs) Okay, so we come from Micah. Then we say, all right, bud, let's go. Let's hop back on and finish this thing. The ice cream's still waiting. We're almost there. And he did it. You know, he made it all the way there. He enjoyed, I forget what flavor that time, maybe chocolate. Aaliyah likes Blue Moon and Gummy, gummy bears, <laughs> sometimes sprinkles too. And then uh, we turned around and rode all the way back. And he did it. And he did better on the way back than on the way there even. You know? And now look at him. He knows what to expect next time. He's able to go that far and he knows he can. He knows how to endure. He knows what will happen if it all goes wrong. I'm there for him. All of these qualities are built into him now. You know, and that's what God's doing with us. So 
I'm over. In closing, I just want to encourage you all to recognize what God is doing with you in any given moment. You know, take full advantage of God's correction, of His training, of His nurture, and build that trust. You know, in any given moment. And if you're not sure what you're going through, ask Him. And if you're still not sure, ask a friend. You know, this New Day family is awesome. There are a lot of people here who would be happy to pray with you, help you through it, and try to help you identify what is going on in your life. Because sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes it doesn't fit my nice, neat categories either. But God is good. And He puts us in a family, and that's good too. So with that, thank you very much. It's been good, and I appreciate you all. Thank you, Bill.